1: In Tuesday edition, Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Farm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford studio here with you this morning. Ole Miss and Mississippi State from the pavilion tonight. The Rebels, I think, six, six, 17 and 3. Is that right now? 17 and 3? 4 and 3 in the SEC yeah. at this point. They face the Bulldogs, who are 3 and 4 in the SEC, but pretty good team, too. They uh, still have some postseason aspirations as well. So we'll discuss. Uh, The Rebels and the Bulldogs from the Pavilion. We'll look at some NFL stuff today. Just a huge ratings number on the NFC game over the weekend. I have not seen the AFC number released yet, but the uh, the NFC number, as expected, very large. And then uh, a little NBA today, too. So we'll hit several different topics for you uh, on today's show. Show brought to you every day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford Beer Cave locally. Got the Super Bowl coming up here in uh, a matter of days. Got a lot of things going on. Reasons to stop in, pick up all your alcoholic beverages there at the Beer Cave here locally in Oxford. And remember, they're up and down I-55 They're throughout North Mississippi as well. So no matter where you are, there is a Blue Sky location nearby in Mississippi, including the uh, Superstore going up in Macomb right now. So uh, take advantage of all those things there with the Oxford Exxon and Blue Sky. And again, we uh, soon will be back in the Clark Ford studio.
2: We will. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote. Within 15 minutes in business hours, it's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You Shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guest join on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. And I just lost the uh, reader for that, so it's going to take me a minute to find it, but I'll find it momentarily. The Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now, uh, 2608, testing my memory here, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to Campbell oxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins, always welcome at the Campbell Clinic, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m.
1: Big uh, big game for Carson today. He had some nerves this morning. How, how, how are we feeling?
2: Um, I don't know. I, had, I did not get a chance to talk to him. He does have a big game tonight, but he was going to, uh, was going to school early. They have some sort of yoga thing that he goes to. On occasion, so he he was uh, he was scrambling to that. He's not really the type to be nervous. So Carson's really laid back. Um, he'll be pretty intense today, but I don't know that he'll be super nervous. I'll be a lot more nervous about it than he will be, I'm sure.
1: That happens with parents and kids and whatnot, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. I, mean, I don't. You just thought you
1: were nervous when it was you back in high school or college or something, didn't you? Like, that's not. Yeah.
2: I mean, I can remember getting nervous before games and stuff, but he doesn't seem to, but now he's a much better, he's a much better player than I ever was um, at that age. I mean, I was, I was okay, but, but I wasn't, I wasn't ever, I wasn't ever a super impactful player on my team. He's, he's a pretty impactful player on his team. He's, He's good. He, he's on a good team, and uh, they play Hernando tonight. And the winner wins district. And because of the way the the brackets drawn up, the winner also gets home field all the way through the North half final. So it's a big game. I mean, you know, but, you, 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 you would you would hypothetically get Goliath on your home
1: field later on.
2: Yeah, and they've actually lost a game this year. So at least you know they're more. Have they not. really? Yeah, they they lost to um, I can't remember who beat them. District game? No, but it was just in state. A okay. team inside the state beat them on penalties, I think. So they can lose. It's very rare, but they 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 can lose, so that that makes them at least a little more mortal in the eyes of the kids perhaps, but There is I, some you know, mental that's, thing that's a to that. Way. I mean, you still got to play. I mean, you still got to play like I mean, Hernando's good. Hernando's really good. Yeah, they, they got to they beat Hernando. Um, the one thing, I mean, not to make this all about high school soccer because nobody gives a damn outside of me, but <laughs> it's really improved just over a couple of years. Like Oxford played Pontotoc on Saturday, and Pontotoc's really good. They're really good. They, they, they only lost once all year before the game Saturday. They're good. There's two or three really good teams in the district. Hernando, DeSoto Central's good. Um, Starkville's really good. Um, Clinton, obviously, is very good. Madison Central, I mean, there's there's Brandon. There's a lot of really good soccer programs, boys' soccer programs in the state. It's it's why I wrote, you know, I was talking to, I, I, in 10 Thoughts the other day about the your uh, your battle with, with uh, <laughs> the women's basketball coach at Ole Miss, and... I mean, I get where she's coming from, you know? I mean, that's her world. And, and, and she feels like it should get more attention than it does, that it should get more passion than it does. And I, I get it. I, I understand that sentiment completely, you know? I mean, it's. Like I wrote this in Ten Thoughts. If, if OHS was playing a game with this much at stake in basketball or football or baseball tonight, it'd be a big crowd. There'd be a lot of people there. And It's senior night. On top of that, And this is a really talented senior class. But it, it is what it is. I mean, it, it's going to be friends and family, mostly parents, some siblings, maybe a girlfriend or two. I mean, that that you know, a couple of grandparents. That's who's going to be there. And and you can let that eat you up, or you can just sort of accept it. I mean, you know, I, I wish I wish that there was D one college soccer for men, um, because I I don't th- well I don't think Carson would be the SEC level. That probably would open him up to that, you know, mid-level, the, the middle Tennessees, the southern misses of the world. He's probably in in a world where that happened, he'd probably get those kind of opportunities if he mm-hmm. wanted them. So, you know, I, I get it. I get that's why I've had several people call and like, are you guys like gonna take her behind the woodshed? I'm like, no, because while I don't think she handled it particularly great. I understand the sentiment. I, I wouldn't have ever expressed it that way. I wouldn't have gone after the general public yeah. or the whole town of Oxford, but I understand the place it came from. I I get it. Yeah. No, I mean, look,
1: niche sports being important. I mean, I've spent two decades being a proponent of college baseball. I, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, completely on the on, and the, it's on grown. the bill here. I mean, you know,
2: and, and it's, it's grown. I mean, it, it's, it's bigger. College baseball's bigger than it was five years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. it was when you got so into it at a younger age, it was truly a niche sport and it still kind of is, mm-hmm. but it's more mainstream than it was 10 years ago. Women's basketball's more mainstream than it was 10 years ago. Um, but, you know, s- stuff takes time and, that's that. Patience is is is. There, there's a reason they say patience is a virtue. I guess you know. I mean, not everybody, not everybody is super patient. So, I get it. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, she, she was not aware of what she was doing, but Carly Ann actually has her lightning bolt pants on today, so she's indirectly supporting. So we'll see how the uh, the, the 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 day goes there. Um, well, tell Carly Ann that
2: I certainly appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So we've. I've been yeah. every team I cheered for the last three or four days has lost. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that, 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 that street, you got it all street, out of the way. It's, I'm it's, hopeful that all the losing is out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we can, maybe we can get this one, you know, so. Um,
1: Joseph with a question that it, it, it's a good question. He says, uh, will the benches be flipped next year in basketball? I was watching the Texas game last night and they had the student section behind the benches and it looks very cool. If, if Keith was correct on what he told me, Texas will have to change that. I know I haven't seen Texas set up, so if, if it's not exactly what I'm having pictured in my head, never mind. But there is an SEC League policy that the student section has to be a certain distance from the visiting bench or from the benches yeah. in general. If you'll notice at Ole Miss, it's why even when they have students on the baseline coming around, it has to stop a certain distance from where – the visiting bench would be. It's why they put a bunch of player parents and people like that in that kind of that baseline end section down there. So, no, at Ole Miss they're going to flip the cameras, leave every, reorient the court, flip the cameras, but not move benches, students, anything like that. So it'll face the students, but they will still be on opposite sides of the benches. So uh, that's a good question. I don't know if the Big Twelve has a different rule, no rule, or if that's something Texas will have to address as they come into the
2: league. So they lost to Houston last night, right? I had that I never even saw forward. a final, honestly. I
1: had it. On I'm assuming because while. nobody even really talked about it.
2: I wasn't really paying attention to it, but I flipped to it for a little while. I was kind of watching NBA stuff, and they hit a they hit a lull, and I turned to I turned to that, and it, I want to say Houston was up like 14, and so I I never paid much attention to it after that.
1: Houston wins 76 72 in OT. Oh wow! How about that? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The Cougars are 19 and two. Texas is 14 and seven. Houston has uh, the longest streak of weeks in the top twenty-five by far. It's it's like three times almost what somebody else is. I I'll tell you though, I've watched them a little bit and I've read some and seen it. The NCAA tournament may be a crapshoot, but I am not betting against the Huskies right now. UConn is a freaking beast. Like they're yeah. playing really
2: well right now. Yeah, they're they're they they are. They're really good. That the Houston versus Texas thing is. If, if that were an NBA series, you'd never even think about it. Houston would win the series five, six games. But the NCAA tournament is such, mm-hmm. like, just such a coin flip. Sometimes, man, you just you're better than them for one night. Yeah, or a couple of guys get hot, and that's that. And history shows that you're better than them. It's yeah. nice.
1: if it was it's an NBA, if it was an NBA style playoff bracket. Give me the Huskies to win the national title. Let's put it that way. Oh, for oh. sure, for sure. Yeah. You got to yeah. you got to go into stores and beat them and and win 4 out of 7, I don't know. I'm I'm not not sold on that. It'd be tough. Cuz they I, I don't know how good Xavier is or isn't, but they just hammered the Musketeers the other night and I went, "Whoa. That was that was that was a dismantling in a lot of ways." So anyway, there's our national basketball talk for the uh the day most of. Only two games tonight. Uh as we said yesterday, you've got um uh, by the way, I think is it tonight that the baseball team is doing their meet the rebels. I yes, probably should know that. I think it is tonight prior to the game. So if anyone's curious in that or wants to be involved in that, I think that is in the concourse um, before tonight's game. Uh, correct. So Mississippi State fourteen and six overall, three and four in the SEC from a league standpoint. They lost at South Carolina sixty eight sixty two, which at the time was kind of a weird loss, but because of what Carolina's done since, no shame in that. They beat Tennessee at home, huge win, 77-72 against the Vols. They lost at home to Alabama, 82-74. They lost away in Rupp, 90-77. They beat Vanderbilt, 68-55 at home. Lost to Florida in one that I I thought they kind of let get away last week um, in Gainesville, 79-70. And then they beat Auburn in that kind of rock fight, 64-58, where they showed a lot of toughness. They were really good inside. They 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 took advantage of Auburn having kind of some smaller perimeter players and things there to win that game, um, and kind of control that game for a good bit of the uh, of the second half. So it's gone home away pretty much script for uh, for them for the most part, outside of losing that game to the Crimson Tide. Alabama playing very well in conference play. Just in general, what's sort of the what's the nervousness? What's the what's the matchup that should scare Ole Miss
2: tonight? <sighs> State's pretty good rebounding the basketball. That's Ole Miss's deal. Thirty fourth in the um, country in uh, offensive
1: rebound percentage, by the way.
2: Yeah, so you, you've got to keep them off the glass. Um, like Hubbard, Josh Hubbard, the former Ole Miss commit. By the way, there's a narrative out there that Chris Beard and them didn't give him attention. It, it was over when Ole Miss fired Kermit, when Kermit quit, whatever, that was, that, that deal was done. State moved in. State was state never stopped recruiting him. And once there was a change, Jans got his guy. Um, he's not a great shooter, but he's a really good scorer. He's kind of fearless. Um, he'll, he'll attack you. He can shoot it enough. He can get to the glass. he, He's a good player. They've got a. They, you, you, I think Ole Miss is going to win tonight. I, I think Ole Miss is going to win in Oxford. They're going to lose in Starkville. That's what I believe. And and it is you really have to talk me out of that. But you've the big thing with them is they have some bigs, Jeffries and some of those guys that that are pretty solid players. Not great players, but they're solid players. Tullo is, is a good player, really good player. You can't let them start dominating the glass. Ole Miss has to stay. They don't have to win the rebounding battle. It's kind of like Texas A&M. They don't have to win the rebounding battle, but they've got to stay in it. They can't get blown out on the on the boards and win unless they just shoot the lights out. If they do that, then fine. But if Ole Miss shoots the way they typically do at home, which is well, and, and are respectable. they will be a big crowd tonight. It'll be a yeah. packed. If they're respectable um, on the boards, they'll get it done. But look, state's played a hard schedule. They've already played Alabama. They've played Auburn. They've played Tennessee. They've played Kentucky. They've played Florida. I know I'm supposed to say Florida sucks, but I mean Florida did get a big win over over state. Um, you know, they've they've gotten the win over Vandy, like Ole Miss did. Vandy's back. Oh, and they
1: and they've sneak, they've sneaky played some teams that were Pretty good in the non-con. You, know, you look up and, like, I mean, Northwestern, good team. Beat them 66-57 in a neutral site. They played North Texas, which is a top 100 team. They beat them 72-54 in a semi-home game. I guess that was like a Tupelo or Biloxi or something. I don't know. Um, they, they, they have played a very, very, very good schedule, which is why I think Ken Palm has them with a pretty good ranking right now. Yeah, 32
2: currently. Yeah, they're in the 40s in the net. They're, they would be in the tournament today. If the, mm-hmm. if the tournament started, I, th- I think Ole Miss probably would be too. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it, it's they're solid. They're not great. There's nothing about them when you watch them that makes you just you now. They will they will defend you. They will play physically. Uh, the whistle matters with them. If if it's a a pretty uh, light whistle, in other words, if they're really letting them play, they they'll get physical and and they can kind of intimidate you. Um, a tight whistle, they can get in foul trouble. Um, you know, they, they don't have that electric scorer, but they have guys who can – it's a deep team. Jans is a really good coach. This is – look, it's the SEC. There's two bad teams. You know, there's there's yeah. maybe three bad teams. Missouri – Missouri's having a, a struggle year. Uh, Arkansas is a, 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 an absolute disaster. If, if you believe some of the rumors around Arkansas, it's crazy. And then Vanderbilt's just not good. But everybody else, the other 11, they're perfectly capable of beating each other on, on a given night. And so you've, you've got to show up and you've got to do what you do well and you've got to minimize what you do poorly. And for Ole Miss, that's very clear. It's shoot the ball well, don't turn it over, and don't get mutilated on the boards. You don't have to win rebounds. you just got to, you got to stay in it. You cannot – Mississippi State can't finish the game with 18, 19 offensive rebounds and you expect to win. That's too many extra possessions.
1: Somebody asking about ratio tonight. I mean, State's going to bring some people, but it's not – my prediction is State brings fewer people tonight than Auburn brings on Saturday. Agreed. They just don't go into the other place to high levels like that, especially when the other team is good and you're expecting to lose. You're not going to drive two hours to watch your team lose in that arena. I mean, you're you're just not.
2: Well, and look to credit to Auburn for a minute. Bruce Pearl's built a a uh, program there that it's hard to get tickets, Mm -hmm. and so there are a lot of they go on the road. Auburn fans, the way to go see Auburn is to go on the road, and so they yeah. There's
1: there's some poor man Kentucky to that from a fan
2: standpoint. Don't that's a great chilla. Yeah, it's a great analogy. Yeah, it's yeah. It's not like Kentucky where it's like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we can't get interrupted, so we're going to send seven thousand people to Nashville. It like, not like that, but but there is an element of that to uh, to Auburn, and then the fact that that's a Saturday, people made it a trip, and they bought some tickets, and and it's a credit to Bruce, and Bruce has been there a while, and he's a really good coach, and he and Chris have a lot of respect for one another, and you'll you'll probably hear that later in the week, but um, yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, State will have what. Thousand fans there, maybe at the most. Maybe, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I would probably go under, but that's a great over under. Yeah. Well, because frankly, Ole Miss fans are showing up, so there's just not a lot of tickets. I mean, yeah, yeah. Your your, your upper bowl is all that's really available. You know, so I, I just don't think there's a lot of area. I haven't seen whether it's a hard sellout. I know Saturday is a hard sellout against Auburn.
2: Saturday's a hard sellout. I th- I think this one tonight is basically sold out. I'm sure there's some straggle tickets available, but I don't think there's many.
1: Kyle Wilson, thanks for the Super Chat. Says, do you think the SEC will do a subscription service to watch old games, maybe by school? I think they're leaving money on the table. If you have a library of that somewhere, I I don't know why they would do that. Do I think there's some huge market for it? No, but, I mean, if you already have the games, what difference would it make? Find a way to, if nothing else, put them on ESPNU. I mean, sorry, ESPN Plus or something. I mean, what what difference does it make? I mean, it's one of yeah. the reasons why it's a completely different model, but it's one of the really key elements to that Netflix WWE thing, because the library of old events that Peacock has is a huge part of that moving forward on what's going to happen, where are those going to go and what that's going to look like. Because for, for wrestling fans, the old libraries of WrestleManias and Royal Rumbles and SummerSlams and all those things are huge, huge components of what they sort of enjoy with that as, as time goes on. Um, Grind mentioned it. Jerry Palm, bracketology expert, obviously, from CBS, longtime uh, expert in analytics and and projecting these things. He he, he does. He has eight seeds that are really fascinating, including both these teams tonight in this basketball game. He has Ole Miss projected as an eight seed in the Midwest, facing nine seed Utah in the first round, I guess technically second round, and then Purdue waiting on the winner uh, of a play-in game and then the winner of Ole Miss and Utah. (laughs) In a uh, not, <laughs> not, not not the one you want if you got to get a matchup, but you know it's Purdue's pr- front court would pose quite the issue for the rebels. so That
2: would be a bit yeah. of a problem. Yeah, Chris would Chris <laughs> would lose some sleep trying to figure out how to contain Zach Eady and those guys on the boards. Yeah, that would that would be yeah that, that that'd be a scout right there. It's gravy though. Look, hey, if you play oh, Purdue in the God.
1: NCAA tournament, j- mission accomplished.
2: Oh, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean if you. If you could make that fruition come to fruition,
1: hey Chris, you're an eight seed and you beat Utah in the first round.
2: Yeah, you, you you're playing Purdue on the first Saturday or Sunday of the tournament. That's that would be such a remarkable accomplishment when you consider where they were. That's my thing. I I've, I've caught myself kind of playing the role of therapist a little bit with a handful of people that I know. I'm like, who are worried about it? I'm like, enjoy the fact that you're going to a game tonight right, that a year ago by this point, it was over. Literally, it was like, okay, well, what's the path to the NCAA tournament? Uh, go to Nashville and win five games in five days. That's that's your path. Cut down a net. Is, that's it. The rest of this is meaningless, and if you think that group's capable of doing that, man, I admire your optimism. I really do. I mean, we're not having that conversation. That's the conversation we had for like three years in a row, really. And now, hey, it's a, it's a big game. I mean, it's a, it's a – Quad one slash quad two opportunity, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a big chance for both teams. I mean, if you're state, this is a big, this is a big opportunity. You get a, a chance to get what probably will end up being a top 50 road win if you could get it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for Ole Miss, it's a chance to get a top 40 to top 50 home win. It's a chance to get to five and three in the league. It's a chance to make that Auburn game on Saturday, uh, let it all hang out and see what happens kind of game. So there's there's a lot there, and if I'm an if I'm an Ole Miss fan, I'm excited by that because it, it has not been the case for a while. It's been by the end of January, and we, I mean the calendar flips here in about 48 hours. By the end of January, of the last few years, the season was over. We
1: uh, I, I went with Palm because he has updated his bracket since the Saturday night win against Texas A and M. looked like a midweek update uh, versus Palm. Uh, in that Midwest, Duke, the four seed, we'll just talk college basketball for a minute. I, I, give me Duke on an early exit. They are they are getting Notre Dame football treatment right now, where they have the loss to Arkansas. They've lost a couple weird games in the ACC. That league is not very good overall. That, that that's a first second round loss team on Duke. That, that that team is not making a run.
2: You know, I think you're right, and I'm pulling this up as we as we do it because I'm kind of curious on something. Their record though in quad one games. Is, uh, so they beat
1: good teams and lost to bad teams.
2: Yeah, a little bit. I'm I'm pulling up their their stuff. Bear with me one second. They are uh they're eighteen in the net. Here's okay. what's interesting about them, Chase. They're this is wild. They're five and one quad one, oh and three quad two.
1: They're going to be slotted one to two lines higher
2: than they should be. Yeah, probably so. So, be right now they would be a five, a four. If you were to, they'd be a five if you went straight by net. So they will probably would be a four right now. That's just a fascinating number. They're sixteen and four overall. Uh, they've got the zero oh and three in, in quad two, but five and one. Is it five and yeah. one or six and one? Five and one in. in um, in quad 1 6 and 0 oh in quad 3 6 and 0 oh in quad 5 and oh in quad 4 for the people who don't follow college basketball it's all about what you do in quad 1 and quad 2 and a whole lot about what you do on the road uh they are duke is 4 and 2 on the road 2 and 0 oh on neutral sites 10 and 2 at home good resume yeah it's a solid resume i mean the the loss at arkansas just is bizarre, but it happened so early in the season. And frankly, I think it happened before some of the drama that's happening inside that, that team. So that's going to, it's going to look bad at the end of the year, but you can get away with a bad road loss. It's bad home losses that that smoke you. I mean, it's the, it's
1: the funniest part of all this is no, it wouldn't have changed anything about what Chris Beard has done or what they're capable of. Detroit Mercy makes that basket, and I'm not sure we're even having a conversation because they're winless on the season. They're like 0-23. Yeah,
2: and on the flip side, if they would have just played a little bit better at the end of the first half in Baton Rouge, they would have won that game. Mm-hmm. And we're having a completely different conversation about Ole Miss right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, Kentucky, the three seed currently in that Midwest bracket. So Ole Miss, Purdue, Duke, and Kentucky, all in the uh, the Midwest and Palms bracket. Marquette, the two. In that bracket, Lytek, the 14. Your uh, your boys from Ruston, there uh, in the bracket. Mm-hmm. That, is, uh, that is correct. South Carolina, an eight seed right now um, in the West. Auburn, a five seed in the West right now. Auburn uh, in this bracket, which means absolutely nothing. Playing Samford, playing the Bulldogs there, an in state team. South Carolina playing Northwestern in an eight nine game.
2: The guy has done one hell of a job. He has look South Carolina would be in the tournament today. They period. They they would be in the tournament today. their their net's of 49. They are uh, 3 and 2 in quad 1, 3 and 0 in quad 2. They've got a quad 3 loss. That's what's keeping their net down a little bit. But they would absolutely be in the tournament if the tournament started today. In the south, Houston the number 1
1: seed, Mississippi State, uh, as mentioned an eight seed as well. So, Ole Miss and State eight seeds in bracketology today. They have uh Mississippi State playing St. Mary's College, the uh, second best team out there in Gonzaga's conference. Baylor St. Mary's five. Is, St. St.
2: Mary's is legit.
1: So that's a bad really,
2: draw. That would be a bad draw. Um, Mississippi State goes into the game tonight, thirty-seven in the net. They are um, fourteen and six overall. They're zero and four on the road, six and zero on neutral sites, eight and two at home. State is three and four in Quad One three and one in quad two. So pretty resume. What's holding them down a little bit is they have a quad four loss. That's
1: Southern, right, in that weird game?
2: I think yeah. so, yeah.
1: They were up 11 with two minutes to go, and Southern went on a 12-0 run to win by one.
2: A little behind-the-scenes thing here. I, I just – this crossed my mind. We've not done this in three years. We've not done <laughs> those things been like hey uh <laughs> when do we start previewing the baseball season and how how, yeah, how, yeah. how in the world can we do an hour and a half of college baseball yeah. every on day? tuesday
1: catcher <laughs> preview okay good sweet
2: <laughs> so thank you chris beard
1: yes Appreciate yeah, yeah. very uh, very much so uh creighton the three oklahoma the seven tennessee the two there in the uh in the south region. By the way, Memphis is a uh, a site in the South this year. So uh yeah. just we're banking on where something might be located. There is a Memphis uh first second round games and then uh Memphis speaking of, they are currently an eight seed, but they're leaking oil a little bit. They gotta get that thing together. They are in they're in an eight nine game against Nebraska in this
2: bracket. I bet you didn't watch any of their game against UAB I you did because watch? of the mic'd up thing. So oh. I
1: caught some because of that.
2: Yeah. In the second half of that game, UAB beat them so badly in transition. I mean, some of the like some of the gaffes were just inexcusable. I mean, UAB just run outs after a after a made bucket. Um, just it was wild. I mean he's he's gotta clean them up from a fundamental standpoint, or they're they're not gonna get there. Penny, that is.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um is is that all? it is? I mean, they just started playing poorly. I mean, no injury, no nothing else. I mean, because it's been it, it's a noticeable problem for them right now. They just they just don't play very
2: well. They're yeah. they're talented. They I mean, they they look great running around, but they just don't play consistently good basketball. Like you, if they played in the SEC, they'd lose a bunch of games. They they would just get out fundamental in a lot of games. They and win he some would games. get out coached. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. He would. He would. he. I don't I, – like there was a noticeable difference in – and look, Andy, we're biased. We both like Andy as a person. Sure. And Andy's, Andy's got TV experience, and, and he's really good at it. And if the coaching thing at any point stops working, the TV people will go throw money at him to come do TV. But – just the difference in the coaching between Andy and Penny was obvious. And, you know, Andy was not a guy that he didn't like the SEC on fire. I mean, he he had he had some this is again, we could do the whole net RPI thing and people would get upset. So there's no point doing it. But I think old Miss's RPI is like a fourteen right now. Oh, that, really? Had they used like the old numbers, <laughs> Andy would have made the tournament three or four more times.
1: Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp, a common misconception about relationships. is They have to be easy to be right. Sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a great place to work through the challenges and face in all of your relationships, whether it's with friends, work with significant others, or really anyone. When you put that work in, great things can happen in those relationships BetterHelp is a, an awesome way to do that because, you know, maybe you talk to people who have preconceived notions, family members, they're emotional about topics. This is somebody just for you. They can help you. If you don't like who it is, you can switch providers. You can find somebody else. You can do all these different things with BetterHelp to get the help you need. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Design can be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. But a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and again, switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P pcom slash M-P-W. Podcast brought to you in part by GNM Pharmacy and Tyson Drugs there in Holly Springs. GNM and Oxford, Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. They've got their high-dose flu shots for patients over 65 years old or uh, anyone that needs that level of protection. Flu obviously going around big time right now, so you can uh, you can get that. You can also get the RSV vaccine they have in uh, stock as well at both locations, Holly Springs and Oxford, and they make it easy. They let you schedule your appointments for your vaccines, come in, get them, be on your way. That's 662 to schedule, 662-236-2222 for GNM in Oxford, or 662-252-2321 for Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs podcast also brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. You've got uh, 2024 football season tickets available now. That's for new and renew tickets. Take advantage of that. Go ahead and get on with it. The excitement is only going to increase prior to the 2024 season. Also, men's and women's basketball, they start conference play this week. You've got SEC mini plans and single-game tickets still available. That is for uh, men's basketball, women's basketball. And then uh, we'll tell you about multiple campaigns going on right now, the Champions Now campaign. That's the big capital campaign from the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. You've got Forever Ole Miss. If you're looking at the state, state planning, vault society, empower, a lot of different ways to uh, do philanthropic giving there with the foundation. Also a reminder, the women's and women's tennis teams have upcoming matches at home later this month. Tickets not required for that. And then, obviously, Morgan Wallen tickets still available. All those things, OleMissTix.com. We've been telling you that Prime Shrimp is giving away free shrimp for the entire year to one lucky rebel. Here's how to enter. You go to primeshrimp.com slash mpw. You place any order, any order at all. Use promo code JUICE. Take 20% off your order and be entered to win. You can place additional entries by posting your shrimp on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with hashtag Prime shrimp, Hashtag mpw. Winners will be chosen on January 31st. So get that orders in. And then also the podcast brought to you by N.E. Spark. N.E. Spark is uh, service people across rural communities. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 MBPS, or the Blaze. The one gig, it powers the Clark Ford Studio. I've got it at home as well. Your hometown team bringing you world class broadband. That's anyspark.com. 662 238 3159 Phone service, parental controls, network security, and much more. So again, you can get the best internet in Lafayette County. That's six six two two three eight three one five nine. Um yeah, that was the thing. You know, the, the net in its in its it's still kind of infant. In its infancy so far, it has really benefited Power Five teams. And yeah, you. Well, I mean, you look at Kermit's. I think it's the year Kermit had made it. Their net was in good shape. Their RPI was like seventy, and they wouldn't have even been yeah. in the conversation. And they were an eight seed instead because of the way it just moved and whatnot. Um, last thing on bracketology: your first four. Uh, Texas is among them. Virginia Tech is among them. Michigan State among them in the uh, in the first four. And then again, your one seeds as of today: Purdue, UConn, North Carolina, and Houston your two seeds as of today Wisconsin, Tennessee, Kansas and Marquette. So those are heading up all the brackets right now.
2: Yeah, Tennessee right now is the 4 in the net. Alabama's 7, Auburn's 9. Among SEC schools, Kentucky is 23. Mississippi State's 37, Florida's 39, Texas A&M's 44. That was a big win for Ole Miss on, on Saturday. It was a really big win. And now you want, you want A&M to keep winning. Um, South Carolina's 49. Ole Miss enters the game tonight at 57, one spot back of Iowa.
1: Florida among the first four out right now at 14-6. and
2: six. Yeah, so – There was a lot of Florida conversation yesterday on the message board. I've I've deeply apologized to everyone that I offended. Um, Their their, schedule is pretty interesting. They're they're 39 in the net, 14 and 6 overall. I don't really understand how they are where they are, but they are 1 and 3 on the road, 4 and 2 on neutral sites. That's a positive. They're 0 and 6, quad 1, 4 and 0, quad 2. I don't understand how they are they are 39 with that that resume but they are I don't know the math not my I don't don't, not my area math's not my forte and someone would have to sit down and really walk me through it yeah
1: i mean it's the part of the whole numbers thing where we're like hey know that rpi is rigged and i'm like i don't know it's 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 a formula they just put stuff in there and spit it out and it's 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 um I did see. Uh, I, you probably didn't listen. I, I, I'm I'm fascinated by this. Um, they are D1 baseball, which is absolutely a a thought maker in co- in college baseball. They're debuting a new metric for college baseball this this year, and it's like it's like DSR. I think is what they're calling it. And they're trying to fix the baseball issues with RPI and NET, and they they're really really optimistic that it's it's something that will move and potentially could change the way other sports are kind of done with some of these things too. Um, it is doing things where it is essentially ranking every team based off numbers where you're not we're not so held to just simply it's going to fix the problem where if you play a team you automatically fall ten spots in the RPI and you're out of the tournament by simply playing the game. That it's going to establish a winning percentage expectation to a game, and you can still pick up a little bit of points in a very small margin by doing that, versus you just automatically fall off the cliff. Otherwise, does that make sense? Like yeah. if you play Arkansas State, you're favored by 92. percent Well, you still picked up eight percent when you won. Yeah. Versus
2: Look, the way it is now, where it's hey, you really just you should forfe- you should cancel the game. Y'all should just say.
1: Hey, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, as I, as we've right. talked about. A thousand times, if they pl- had played Arkansas State in twenty twenty two, they don't make the tournament because even if they'd won the game a hundred to nothing, they would have fall they would have fallen five spots in the RPI, and that would have ended their season.
2: Yeah, that, Isn't was that crazy. That, mm-hmm. t- I mean, I know you wrote a book about it, but literally, but that was one of the craziest parts of that whole season. Was it? it was the craziest part when you think back? I said, had they just played a game? Yeah, had they just played that game, because they didn't do anything in Hoover, had they played that game, they would not have made the tournament. And
1: I'm not 100% sure that Ole Miss cancels that game had Texas A&M not already canceled one the week before. Uh Oh. Because it gave you a little bit of clearance on, hey, this is a thing.
2: Because that really wasn't Mike's style to do something. No, he
1: didn't want to do it.
2: Yeah. I
1: mean, Keith (sighs) was – Keith was running. Keith was running numbers while Ole Miss was sweeping LSU on that Saturday or Sunday. I, I know my camera's blurry. I hope it fixes in a second. I don't know what's going on. Um, he was running numbers on that Saturday or Sunday and trying to go. Okay, how bad is this? And Negle had already done that. And he calls Mike and goes, "Hey, look, here's the. I know we don't want to do this, but we can get out of the game for like ten thousand dollars. You in? It's like that. That would be ten thousand worth spending. Yes, that would. That would." And they also Arkansas State didn't give a crap because they had just hired an AD from one of the guys at Alabama, a secondary AD at Alabama. Well, yeah. that dude had much bigger problems trying to get moved to Jonesboro than whether they played a midweek baseball game. So he was like, "Ah, okay, sure, sounds sounds good." Yeah, yeah. Um, no,
2: it's 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 really a it's that's a it's a remarkable story. It's the whole so the whole thing. The, so the whole fixing thing is that fun. is good. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't you don't want people canceling games just to cancel to avoid a RPI or net hit. That's – can you imagine if we did that in basketball or football? It's like – I mean, can you imagine? Hey, Ole Miss, you got ULM scheduled for the third week of November. Nah. You really are better off not playing it. Hey, here's your $800,000. Just don't show. That's – it would be – it would be so – people would –
1: Well, I mean, we we, we would have it in basketball if we played non-con games after December. It's what yeah. makes the two sports different where you don't have that yeah. situation.
2: If you had Alabama and AM scheduled for senior night, no. and you like, "Hey, no, nah, let's, <laughs> let's not let's not do that. That's going to hurt us." Mm-hmm. We can't, you know. And if we happen to lose it, it's the end. Yeah. yeah it's, that's good. That's interesting because I don't know. The the college baseball thing is so hard to figure out because you have you do your schedules and there's it's still where there's such a disparity between the haves and the have nots that you play. And you're game.
1: doing the schedule in some instances three years in advance.
2: Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh, oh okay. I mean,
1: um, so we'll see. And, Cause I tell you the problem with RPI with baseball right now. And it's my last topic. I know nobody cares on January 30th with a game tonight. Like it is, is the home road is kind of geared like basketball, but it's not as important as in basketball. You can win road games in baseball because you have a pitcher. It's not – so they punish road home too much in baseball. Um, the, the the metrics are not correct for that in RPI. That's one of the problems is that it's just not as hard to win a road ba- baseball game as it is to win a road basketball game. But the numbers look very similar from how they grade those against each other. So they need to fix yeah. that. That's the deal. Yeah. Um, Ole Miss, a one-and-a-half-point favorite tonight against Mississippi State, and the over-under is 137 and a half on this game. So, just shy of 70 apiece if you were doing it that way.
2: State plays a lot of low-scoring games. They held Auburn to, like, 22 first-half points Saturday.
1: Uh, Mississippi State is 11th nationally in defensive efficiency.
2: Yeah, they're good. What are they offensively? Do you have it?
1: Uh, 104, maybe? Yeah. I have it. I just got to find it. One second. Pin Palm, Mississippi State. Uh, No, sorry, 78. Adjusted efficiency, 78 offense, 11 defense.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. By saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Yeah.
1: Their issues good. are defensively. They're actually, their only really issue is they're very unlucky. Um, non steal turnovers, meaning when the other team just throws the ball away. Mississippi State is 346 nationally in that. So teams have protected the basketball outside of forced turnovers against them. Oddly, it's two teams that are very unlucky because Ole Miss is 320th in that uh, in that category. Oh, wow. But now it's a key for Ole Miss. Taking care of the basketball, Ole Miss seventh nationally.
2: Seventh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the only reason they have the three losses is that game at LSU. They In the first half, they just gave the ball away for – they, they probably had eight, nine unforced turnovers in, in that game. Real sloppy. They, they can't do that against, well, against any good team, but state included. Ole
1: Miss is uh, 44th nationally in adjusted offensive efficiency and 103rd in adjusted defensive efficiency nationally.
2: Yeah, the, and the defensive efficiency issues are mostly the result of giving up offensive rebounds.
1: Yes, um, and obviously Ole Miss, because of – Sharp, especially they are uh, second nationally in defensive blocks.
2: Yeah, yeah, so. he blocks a lot of shots.
1: I think it affects them on rebounding sometimes because they get out of out of rotation and out of space because they're going for blocks so much.
2: Hunting blocks
1: that it kind of yeah it moves them yeah. And, and does different things. Now they just don't catch the basketball enough. I understand that's the primary problem, but um. Yeah, Hardman mentioned this. I'm going to NFL in a minute, but it's whatever. We're bouncing all over the place. Um, I, I can't. I, I'm not excited, but I can't decide if we're going to watch the new Roadhouse movie or if we're boycotting the new Roadhouse movie. I'm 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 in a weird weird position here. I have not. I saw the cover. Um, I have not seen the trailer. I am a little bothered. They use the same name. Um, remaking a a cult classic is. Risky, always. Um, so I don't know. We'll we we'll, we'll see where I fall on this as as time goes on. But
2: Is that the arm wrestling thing?
1: No, the bouncer Patrick Swayze, the Double dudes Oh yeah, yeah. Raiding yeah. the raiding yeah. the bar.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, big fat guy has a polar bear fall on him at the end. Yeah, yeah. Not not familiar with this.
2: I, I know i I know I'm admitting. Uh, uh, people are gonna make fun, but I don't think I've seen it.
1: Have you not seen it?
2: I don't think I have.
1: It's like perfect eighties popcorn action, dumb yeah, it's 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 awesome. Rich guy basically owns the town trying to infiltrate the the honky tonk and Patrick Swayze's been hired to clean it up. Ah. Uh-huh. and he, he 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 cleans it up. So Jake Gyllenhaal, I believe, is who is the new Patrick Swayze in this uh this 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 re- this remake reimagining of the uh of the picture the film i'm sorry of the film
2: patrick swayze certainly had his day that's for sure <laughs> he was doing all right for a little while <laughs> there are probably a lot of high school girls that had patrick swayze posters on their somewhere in their rooms I'm i'm, I'm guessing
1: yeah uh, let's
2: see, NFL, again, I
1: have not seen the AFC numbers, so if anybody has seen these, throw them to me. I, I did a Google search, and it doesn't look like they were out, at least as of this morning when I was uh, doing prep. But uh, the Lions-Niners numbers are out, and Sunday's NFC Championship game drew 56.6 million viewers, the most on Fox for that round since 2012. Numbers project to rank as the fourth most non-Super Bowl telecast and network. History, the uh, game's viewership is up 19% from last year's NFC Championship, which was between the Eagles and the 49ers. Um, let's see what other. Um, says, this is the Athletic speaking. says, one of the notable things about this viewership number, the most watched television program since last year's Super Bowl, is that it topped both of last year's conference championship games in a significant way. Last year's AFC Championship, which was a 630 Eastern window, Averaged 53.1 for CBS for the Chiefs win over the Bengals. And the early Sunday game averaged 47.5 million last year for Fox. Their Eagles win over the uh, the 49ers. So that was a really, really good comparison. So 56 million for 49ers and Lions. So To put that into uh, context on anything that's not NFL is that Michigan and Washington did 25 million for the football championship in college and that was less than half of the nfc championship game
2: it's just unbelievable man i mean it's just such a part of americana and, if, and we love playoffs i mean i i, I will say that I, I do think a year from now when we're just dis- dissecting the college football playoff numbers they're going to be massive they oh, won't be this be they won't be this massive,
1: and, and, be massive. and that's a in and- it's not misleading. I understand what they were doing. But Michigan-Alabama had a higher rating than Michigan-Washington. So that was not the highest-ranked college game of the season. But that was still like 32 or something like that.
2: You don't think any of the TV executives noticed that, do you? Probably moving forward <laughs> as you go into next season. You don't think anybody said, hey, you know what? Let's Let's make sure we have our SEC representation in this bad boy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did you, that, that, that Alabama number. What if that was in the finals? What would that have pulled? Yeah. What do
2: you what, what all think? Yeah. All,
1: all, all good. Yeah. So, so you're saying when the playoff committee is inter is getting together and going through numbers, and they said, "Hey, we uh, we letting Georgia in, or we letting Boise State in? What are we doing?" Uh, we, we. we I mean, we I know here- what
2: I'd say if I were in that room. I mean, I would be like, on so many levels, guys. This is a no brainer. We can do the PC thing, or we can do the money thing. What are, we, what are we in here for? And if you're in there for the money, I want – look, I told you this. I want five SEC schools in that 12-team playoff. If I'm on that committee, I don't care who they are. I want five SEC schools in that playoff. Because well, I mean, you I'm going think, to get massive TV numbers for it. You think Ole Miss finishing
1: fifth was that in some way? I mean, not fifth, tenth.
2: Yeah. Got them into a, an access. I mean, yeah, what what number did – what was the TV number on Ole Miss-Penn State? Uh, I'm putting you to work here. I mean, I I bet it was big. They got a huge crowd. Ole Miss took a gazillion people there. Penn State took a gazillion people there. Ole Miss took more than Penn State, but Penn State had a big crowd. If I'm on the committee, I want Big Ten SEC matchups. I want those teams. I don't want a bunch of the other stuff. I just don't.
1: Uh, it was fifth among all bowl games. Uh, eight million, I think.
2: Yeah, I think that for right. a game, for a game that in terms of nationally,
1: well, and it was at eleven a.m. too. That's that's a killer on the
2: yeah. on the ratings. But but I was just to finish the sentence. I mean, it was it was a you know. It didn't have any national meaning. It didn't have a a playoff meaning to it. it there was no advancement. You just, it was just a game.
1: The Cotton Bowl, which matched Missouri and Ohio State on Friday, uh, was the fourth most popular bowl game of the season, followed by the Peach Bowl with Ole Miss and Penn State, the fifth most popular of the bowl
2: season. Yeah, and the Cotton Bowl was the Friday night.
1: That's correct, yes. Yeah. Uh, it was on, it was on y- every
2: sports bar in America.
1: Number three was the Orange Bowl.
2: And that was, and that was Saturday night.
1: Yeah, and that was Georgia-Florida State, 63-3. to three. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Everybody tuned into that.
2: Well, there had been the big national narrative about Florida State, but it was football on a Saturday night. Yeah, it was. Yeah.
1: Put a game at three, put a game at seven, show them.
2: Yeah, December the 30th. Yeah, it's not even...
1: Kyle, thanks for another super chat there. Uh, appreciate you jumping in the uh, the thread this morning. Um, it, This all does for the most... Well, I guess let I me mean, set up a scenario for you on this. I was just thinking about Somebody mentioned it to me a couple days ago. Are they going to give complete benefit of the doubt where you stay highly ranked? And I I get, I think No Divisions helps this. So let me kind of work through this thought for a second. The SEC Championship game, the winner is going to get a bye. The loser can't get a bye. It has to be the top four conference champions. The loser, depending on situation, they'll still stay five to seven or whatever they need for the home game, right? You wouldn't punish a fall in the SEC Championship game to a road game. Most likely,
2: I wouldn't think. I mean, you know, because realistically, the two teams that go to Atlanta are going to be
1: two one losses loss. max. I yeah, mean, one
2: loss, no loss, maybe two losses. So I guess if you're a two loss team,
1: it would take like, a non-con second loss, like an LSU lost to Florida State and then only lost to Alabama in league play or something.
2: Yeah, but realistically, if you get to Atlanta, you're going to the you're going to the tournament. Tyler asked me, "Do I think the the conference championship games get killed?" And I don't. Too much money. That's what I think too. Those games are such money makers for the leagues. Yeah, I just think it's too much money. That I uh,
1: I don't yeah um, I I can't make that make sense to me.
2: But I mean, your ideal place to finish. If you don't win the league and get the buy, your your ideal face place to finish is third.
1: I'm gonna float over to what I what I thought was a really interesting NBA topic in a second. Before I do that, did you see that uh, some dude, some millionaire, thinks he found Amelia Earhart's plane?
2: I did. I saw that. Yep.
1: See that they're gonna head back mm-hmm. down again, but uh, he he believes some some sonar stuff and what what they called a blurry outline is uh, er- Earhart's Lockheed 10E Electra near Howland Island, halfway between Australia and Hawaii. So,
2: Can you imagine if they were able to find that plane and pull it up? I, I don't know the answer to this. This is not my area. Would you be
1: able to pull it up, or from a pressure and where it's sitting, is it going to disintegrate as you try to grab it?
2: My guess is it's already disintegrated quite a bit. But I don't, again, I'm I'm with you. I, I don't, that's not my area of expertise. I mean, I,
1: I know this is a dumb question, so people can make fun of me all they want to with this. Is it interesting that we're so captivated by this one plane crash for this many years?
2: I, I think it is interesting because it, what it puts in perspective is just how much of a celebrity she was at the time that yeah. that happened. Which we have no ability to
1: directly compute.
2: Well, no, I mean, someone compared it the other day. They were having this conversation, and they said it's Taylor Swift falling off the face of the planet. Okay. Michael Jackson. It's It's really
1: fascinating technologically. I mean, again, I promise I'm moving on. I'm just, we're rambling, and I'm I'm in a weird mood this morning. Not even in a bad way. I'm actually in a pretty good mood. Um, We went from... An economy built on horses to flying in like forty years. Like, think yeah. about that. Yeah. Like nineteen eighty five to two thousand
2: twenty five, we went from horses to flying. Would well, I mean, you ever look at the pictures of like New York City a hundred years ago? Yeah, and you're like, it looks nothing like it looks today. So I mean, we we have this really inflated view of our time in the world. And in reality, I mean, what, what, what's what's New York or Los Angeles going to look like in a hundred years? In four hundred years? What's transportation going to be like? We can't the, we can't fathom it, but it's probably going to look completely different. The cities will look completely different.
1: Hmm. By the way, uh, before I'm I'm pulling up this NBA story. Uh, I guess in some ways, thanks to OutKick for the uh, the story yesterday. I've heard from people I haven't heard from in a while, so you uh, <laughs> you, you expanded my, my, my friend group a little bit. I got a couple texts this morning from people I probably should have checked in with beforehand. They said, hold on a minute, what happened? I was like, yeah, longer story that I'm going to text you back right here, but it's all good. So, it's fine. Um, let's see. By the way, speaking of women's basketball, Mississippi State knocked off uh, Kim Mulkey and her Tigers in Starkville last night. I saw that.
2: Yeah. I didn't see the so, game, but I saw the, I saw the score flash on the screen.
1: So this is fascinating to me because this happens in every sport. You saw what baseball did with its rule changes here in the last couple of years and things, and they've made the product better. Um, football has gone crazy protecting the offense, not even necessarily just protecting the quarterback with injuries, but in general making it a more offensive game. Did you see this John Hollinger story from The Athletic? I don't think so. Neil? Okay, so I'll, I'll set it up for you then I'm sure you'll want to go read it because you care way more about this than I do. But I still find it funny. So in the last week, here's what we've had. Uh, Embiid's had a 70-point game. Carl Anthony Towns has had a 62-point game. Uh, Lucas had a 73. Booker's had a 62. And then four other players have had 40-plus games. This is Hollinger. He says, points are fun. This week has been fun. But it mandates a question. Is there too much offense? He wrote a story about this. And here's what he said. Embiid, 36 points per game, is on pace to become just the second player in NBA history to average a point per minute. Wilt Chamberlain did it in 61-62 with 50 points per game. In the last decade, the average team's scoring has leapt over 15 points per game from 101 in 2013-2014 to 115-6 this year. Stretch that to 20 years, and we're up 20 points per game, 94 points per game in 2003-2004, and it has little signs of slowing. As teams hammer three-pointers and shots at the rim more than ever, the mid-range jumper's gone. Defenses can't keep pace. Will we see another 15-point leap in the next decade? What does the game look like? Says, sure, it's fun now, but we see more and more offense. The game, quote, slides into a farce, as John writes. Don't be surprised if you see off-season rule tweaks to help defenses
2: out. Huh, that's interesting. I I disagree with the farce line. I think – And I watch a lot of NBA. I probably, in the last three weeks, I've watched tons of it. Uh, There's just so many, so it's two things. One, it's kind of like with baseball. Baseball's so analytical, right? The way you pitch, the way you, you know, swing, all that stuff. And it's completely changed the game. If you go back, like, God, I'm revealing how just, much of a, I, I, I'm not, I'm not cleared to drive yet, so I, I, I can't go anywhere. So I was watching, I was watching uh, a replay of the a Cubs game from '84. It was okay. Rick Sutcliffe was pitching. It was, I think, the day they clinched in NL East in '84. Just completely different, Chase. The way the games play, completely different '84 to now. The way that pitchers pitched, the way that. Lineup
1: construction.
2: Lineup construction. Kyle
1: Schwarber would have never let off even ten years ago. You go, what no, and, the hell are you doing?
2: And everyone, everyone had a two strike approach. Everyone, um, the game's completely changed. What changed it? Analytics. So if you watch basketball today, as opposed to let's say in the '80s when the Lakers and the Celtics were doing their thing and Dr. J and all that stuff, there was a lot of mid range. Um, there are guys now who are just three and D guys. They, I watched uh, Thunder Timberwolves last night. It was a very defensive game. Wasn't a lot of points. Uh, but the the Timberwolves have Nas Reed on the floor. He, he's six ten. He's a three point shooter. He's he stands out on the perimeter. They pass the ball around. Everything is about movement. He gets a shot. He shoots forty something percent from three. I don't know that he would have had a spot in the NBA in the eighties because they would have taken six foot 11 guy and put him on the box, put him on the blocks. Well, his game in the blocks is pedestrian. He wouldn't Mm -hmm. have played, but so the, the NBA is so three point oriented. Everything's about how you shoot the three. If you can't shoot it, you get played off the floor. The, the players are so skilled now. Um, I mean, like you see this with baseball, right? 30 years ago, if you were to go to interview the Ole Miss baseball team, all of those guys would have played football. They would have played basketball. They would have played other sports. I don't – correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think if I sat down with the Ole Miss baseball team or with – I could do this with the top half of the SEC and I ask all those guys, hey, what would you play in high school? Their answer would be I played baseball. I played baseball year-round. That's what I did. I played baseball, and so you get that with with basketball players now. They just specialize in basketball, and so they're incredibly skilled with their dribble, their ability to penetrate, their all those things. I just think defense is harder now. I don't, I don't, I don't know what rules you could you could really change that are are going to take that away. I mean, guys like guys like Luca are just and Embiid are just so incredibly skilled. But am I right on that? If I interviewed the Ole Miss baseball team today, how many of the 35 guys played another sport in high school?
1: Oh, high school? Yeah, in high yeah, school. Almost all people? stopped by at least their sophomore year, even if they did.
2: Yeah, yeah. All, all of them. They specialized in baseball. Yeah. Basketball is the same way. Well, 30 years ago, if I were to do that with the Ole Miss baseball team, Half of them or more would have played football. They would have played basketball. Hell, they would have played both football and basketball. Baseball would have just been a spring and summer thing.
1: Yeah, you it's can't seriously- make a team not do the thing that is analytically advantageous. That is impossible. So, yeah, what does
2: that look like? I don't, I don't know. But I thought,
1: hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I know people say the NBA they don't play defense. I just disagree. I mean, if you, if you watch the games, if you watch the, the top half of the league in the regular season, there's a hell of a lot of defense played. But you have to be so good on defense to, to limit NBA teams from scoring. They know how to move the ball. They know where guys shoot well. They put those guys in those spots. The game is very – it can be almost robotic because you know where people are going to get their shots. And, you know, like, guarding Anthony Edwards, for example, without fouling Anthony Edwards is incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, Guarding Carl Anthony Towns when he has the basketball without fouling Carl Anthony Towns is very difficult. There just aren't that many people that can do it.
1: Speaking of the NBA, if you need something for an hour prior to uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State tonight, Kind of interesting game at 6 30. You got the NBA, I think probably their best team in the Celtics. They are uh playing at home against the Pacers, which just picked up Siakam tonight. The Pacers 27 and 20 overall in the season. So
2: Yeah. I watched Boston last night against the Pelicans. They were I mean, that's that's an example. Boston plays really good defense. And that's why they are where they are. Minnesota's number one in the West, and the reason they're number one in the West is because they they're they're such a strong defensive team. They have guys that protect the protect the rim so well, and, and Gobert and Towns, and uh, they're they've got active wings that can guard. It's, that's why they're that's why they they are where they are. It's not because of offense. I mean, Edwards is a very good offensive player, but he's not elite. Just
1: was looking just uh, last thing here line on the uh, on the Super Bowl. San Francisco is a one and a half point favorite on an open.
2: I'm betting on the chiefs
1: 47 and a half is the
2: uh, over under right now. Cause if you're the NFL, you, you, you want Taylor celebrating. She's going to get there chase. I did see that it was going to be
1: easy for her to get there. She'll be even there the day before around five, six o'clock PM.
2: You know, I read a story yesterday that it's a brutal flight. It really is. It's a brutal flight, but she's going to do it to be there for her boo. She's going to be there a brutal flight getting on a private jet and flying from Tokyo to Las Vegas in luxury. Brutal. She's gonna do it though. Now gonna I be I jet say. lagged all to hell. I mean, you know, yeah, but she'll jet lagged. She's not like she's gonna be cramped up in a middle seat. She's gonna not fly in economy class. Probably gonna have a place to go lay down and take a take a nice rest. Probably gonna have be well fed. Mm-hmm. hydrated should be a little tired but you know what it'll be worth it to see the love of her life compete for the Super Bowl
1: Chiefs win he proposes on the field highest ratings to, in TV history
2: he's gonna drop to a knee right there amongst the confetti
1: mash to eat your heart out oh what a moment
2: it'll make the Oscar, the, the office finale just look like nothing nothing yeah. You think she'll say yes? <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> if she won't, he's not asking, I promise you that. It will be uh <laughs> it, will, it will it will be a completely known uh
2: entity at that. How good uh, would it be if he drops to his knee and she says, No, come on, this has all been a farce, man. The uh, season's over now. That'd be great.
1: <sighs> Whew Um Last thing, I'm, again, jumping all over the place. Um, Suits is now the most uh, streamed television program. Here's what I found interesting about this, and I'm I'm closing. I've got to a point. So in 2023, via Netflix, uh, people streamed Suits for 57.7 billion minutes. That broke a previous record set by The Office and then a previous record set by Stranger Things for a single year from a streaming standpoint. Um, Ted Lasso, number one spot in original program streaming, because Suits has been over since 2019. We rewatch more than we watch new, though, by far. Despite Ted Lasso being the number one original program streaming, it was not in the top 10 overall for streaming minutes. Now, Did part of watch- that is also fewer episodes. You're watching the yeah. new episodes, not 10 seasons worth of content, but still.
2: Did you ever watch Ted Lasso?
1: Yeah, I finished it. Okay, we talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I've got. I'm. I'm I gave the finale Campbell. like a B. Uh,
2: my daughter Campbell watched it. She didn't think she would like it, and she got totally into Ted Lasso. Loved it, which was interesting. Really? Yeah.
1: If you changed one thing from the from the final arc, what would it be?
2: I don't know. I, I I thought, I mean, are we spoiling here for people?
1: Okay, we're done with the show today. It is over. We're literally spending 90 seconds on Ted Lasso, and then we're hanging up. The Rebels and the Bulldogs tonight, 730 from Pavilion, contentrebelgrove.com.
2: Okay. I thought him going back to his ex-wife, presumably back in Kansas, without any thing to do. I didn't like it. It was my. It was, it, my, it, it was it,
1: that's my answer too. Is that there not did not appear to be a career involved yeah. in any way. So this I mean, dude he, who's he, been successful in coaching in two different sports and all these different things. Yeah, he's just coaching a youth soccer team and working at the at the department store. What are we doing?
2: Yeah, it's what bothered me was okay. So this guy, if we are to put this in real life terms, he goes over to England, learns a new sport, and because of his ability to motivate people, his ability to get people to care, his ability to get people to believe, he has he's super successful. They they make the English Premier League and then he leaves because he's he's missing time with his son I get it I get I get that completely but so he just you just go back to Kansas
0: you could have
1: solved you could have solved all this with a five second shot of the sidelines there being a Wichita State coaching bag on the sidelines or something it said he went back to his old job even he's coaching football. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. He's coaching his kid's soccer team, but Hey, here's his
2: job. He's doing this. Yeah. Or maybe he's coaching an MLS team. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Whatever. Bringing soccer to America on a higher level. I I don't know. Something that, and then, I mean, the whole, the whole thing of them getting back together, I guess, I mean, it's fine. Whatever. I, I, It didn't strike me as particularly realistic. I I would have, I think I would have preferred that he found a love interest in England that captivated him more.
1: Now, great job not being Rebecca. Don't do that. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That was good. And I'm like, fine, but even a little whatever on her and the way that finished with her romantic entanglement.
2: I was okay with hers. Yeah. She was seeking and she found and okay i mean they did that deal where the you know the the scene where it's early in the morning and you see ted coming to get a cup of coffee and she's there in her robe and stuff and you're like oh no no you guys didn't do it <laughs> and then they 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 played it yeah they played, like, yeah, oh, they uh, played got,
1: off of it yeah yeah got yeah
2: because i was guessing you know but then I, I, but generally i was pleased with it i i, I okay. liked it i thought they I thought they did a really good job. I mean, when you're trying to, because I'm assuming that that show's over, right? That there's not going to be a spinoff. Um, they, they left themselves room for a spinoff. Uh, but if you're trying to put a neat bow on all of those characters, there was probably no way to really make it all work. And it felt like it was a little rushed. So a couple of those things were like loose to me that's the the beauty of the office thing is that the office finale gave you closure on literally every character mm-hmm. which was brilliant writing if you think yeah. about it Your it's almost impossible to put that in an hour show to where you get you get closure on Aaron and Angela and and Creed and everybody not just the main three or four people not just Dwight but everybody, you got Jim and Pam, you get closure on Andy and everybody. You get, you've kind of, that, that that was, that was to me, brilliant writing.
1: If you, just a final word here. If you need a, if anybody out there wants a podcast recommendation, I I've, I've listened to the debut of this. It's under, the prestige TV podcast channel on the ringer, but it's called stick the landing and what they're doing. It was this first episode was, I think Greenwall was hosting every time, but he had Amanda Dobbins with him and they are taking an hour and a half to analyze series finales of whether they stuck the landing. The show is stick the landing and they open with Friday night lights. That was the first one they did was Friday night lights, but um, they're pretty good stuff so far from, uh, from them. If y'all, or into pop culture in that way, or, or care about that in any uh, in any capacity. So, all right, Bulldogs, Rebels, 7.30, Pavilion, coverage, CoverageRebelGrove.com. Anything else in the, uh, the meantime, I'm still continuing some of my conversation with Keith Carter in written form, and then we'll have uh, more to you as the week goes on as well. So back here, same place in the morning, and we'll discuss whatever happens tonight from the Pavilion. Again, 7.30, Rebels and Bulldogs. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon.